Welcome to the What The Mum podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum-to-be knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome women who will inspire you with their story of what I'm calling changing direction. My guest today is Yvonne, who I met recently at Business Inclusive Networking. I'm really excited and honoured to be speaking to Yvonne today because we have a first for me and my podcast. Yvonne is deaf. Yvonne will be using sign language throughout our conversation and will be voiced over by Claire, who is a sign language interpreter. So this podcast will be available for you to both hear and watch. I wanted to be part, I wanted Yvonne to be part of this series because of her change in direction. She is a lady of many talents and like many of us mums came to a crossroads in her life when she became a mum. I wanted her to share her story to show you that it is okay to pause and make a conscious decision on what's next. Thank you, Yvonne, for joining me today. And thank you also to Claire. So, Yvonne, what's your story? Tell us about who you are. What was that crossroads in your life and how you got to where you are today? Well, hello, Maria. It is really lovely to be um, joining your podcast today. What an amazing um, experience for me. Sort of, sort of thinking where I am now. Um, I have got three children who are now all adults. Um, a twenty-two-year-old who has moved out, bought their own house with their boyfriend, <laughs> um, and then I've got two twins who are both eighteen. So I've got a boy and a girl twins. Um, so yeah, two daughters, one son. They've just finished their A levels, and if you can imagine, life has changed unbelievably over the last few years. So yeah, um, so where I am now, um, I'm doing um, some workshops to be food. Um, I work as a TV presenter for the BBC uh, See Here program. Um, uh, so I, I would say I've had a massive career change. Before I was a sign language teacher, I would say for over 25 years, gosh. Uh, and then, yeah, just suddenly, suddenly made this change. 
um, yeah, a massive career change. And I would say that, you know, the point in my life of that change really was when I think I just couldn't imagine teaching forever. Um, yeah, that sort of, as the children were growing up, I think I realized actually life is really short. Life is really short. There are, it's a bit of an emo emotional roller coaster, isn't it? Um, and there are things that have been really, really great. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not quite 50 yet, but I'm on, <laughs> I'm on my way to kind of going through that menopause. And, you know, I think that there's been, there's a lot of changes that we as women go through. And I think that I've, I've kind of hit quite a few crossroads, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So tell me more specifically about your mum story. So I became a mum when I was 26. Um, and at that time I was, uh, you know, kind of supposed to be getting married and then, you know, giving birth was gonna be at the same time the wedding was due. So um, it meant that my daughter actually could then be my flower girl. So that was really lovely. And then the twins arrived when I was 29. So I think really I, you know, I became quite an established mum before I was 30. Um, and that felt quite early. I think a lot of my friends and sort of peers became mums much later. Um, when my children were grown up, my friends then started having children. So I think that I then had to make some new friends that who were the same age and going through a similar experience. So that was quite interesting. Um, and like I said, as, as you've said, I'm profoundly deaf and I'm a, a sign language user. So I, I do use some speech and some gesture, but um, I would say that I've kind of used, as my husband is also deaf, by the way, um, but our three children are hearing. So they are bilingual um, and their first language uh, is actually sign language. Um, I don't know if you've heard of baby sign. That's probably something that you might have heard of. Yeah, so really that sort of uh, hearing hearing babies when they've got hearing parents but actually we were deaf parents deaf sign language users and it was amazing to see our hearing children acquire this visual language and start to sign and start to communicate with us and that really really benefited them and us and now you know when we're at home the communication is really lovely and I'm really really grateful that that we have this and that you know, sign language and spoken language of just very normal languages that are used in our in our house. And I know that there are a lot of families who don't have that rich language experience. So I'm really grateful that we have that in our house. And were you ever concerned or um, tentative about the fact that, you know, you, you are deaf and you were going to have children and how was that going to affect you being a mother and also your children in any way? Uh, I think I am a person that looks on the positive anyway. I'm also third generation deafness in my family so I knew exactly everything that being a deaf mum would be. I knew that it would be fine it was, and it's all, and it's the same as any hearing family, you know, there's, you know, there are concerns about communication and sometimes it, you know, sometimes you can have some 
negative attitudes from doctors. Um, but actually, as a person, it's, you just have to be really assertive and say, Do you know, there's lots of ways of getting around communication issues. We can use gesture. We can write things down. It's OK. You know, I can bring in an interpreter. There are lots of different ways for me to be able to communicate in the world anyway. And it hasn't ever affected me like that. I think for my children, I kind of felt, you know, they've said to me, I can't imagine you as a hearing mum. Like, they were like, oh, no, that would just be really weird. What? <laughs> and when they said that, I thought, oh, well, that's my job done, isn't it? I've done all right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, so I think you are right. I, as mums, all right, we have the moments of self-doubt and so on. But we've just got that, we've got to get on with it attitude. It, it, it is what it is. And we just get on with it. Because actually, what's the alternative? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And also, uh, what I think is important is that we keep learning. You can never stop learning. You know, it's not just when school's finished, that's it, it's done. I, I crave learning. I, you know, I want to use my mind as much as possible. I want to um, sort of really be in the children's lives. I, you know, they've got lots of friends with parents who are a bit like, you know, well, that's you know, this is what we do. Whereas I'm like, no, no, I want to experience more things, you know, come to London with me, let's go and do this, let's go and do that. And I think it's the same for hearing people as well. That's not just a deaf thing. Um, but I think for me as a mum and as a deaf, profoundly deaf mum, communication has always been key for me. And I want to make sure that they know that they're well loved, that they're safe, and that they understand everything those are the three things that I feel are important probably the same as you feel those things are important as well definitely I think communication I don't think we can put enough emphasis on how important communication is because if we're not talking to each other then how do we know what what's going on for you know both ourselves and also for the people in our lives so I don't think it matters whether you're deaf or you're or you can hear communication is vital in whatever form that takes absolutely absolutely definitely and communication for me it's just it's not about the signs or the voice it's the facial expression the tone the the everything you know the fact that there's no judgment in it and for me you know like I say I've got three grown-up children and when I look back I sort of realize we've gone through quite a number of specific phases so you know the phase that teenage phase whew, whew, when uh, you know communication's really tough isn't it and you're trying to help and you just feel like you want to help all the time and then you go hang on actually I need to leave them to learn for themselves and that's a really big challenge. <laughs> and I feel like I'm, uh, no, we've got to do this. We've got to help. We've got to be in there and we've got to get that for them. And it's like, no, 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 we need to back off. And I think that one thing that you, I've learned is the pause button. And, you know, if you've kind of like got this, I've got this big label on the wardrobe and I see it every day when I open the wardrobe, there's a big sign that says pause. And it is stop and think. And that's one of my tips. I would just say sometimes when you're just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, just pause. 
I think that's a great tip because we are, as mums, we just head down, do, 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 do. We're really, really busy. We've got to get stuff done. There's a long list that, you know, we have to tick off. When actually, sometimes we just need to stop, to use your words, to pause. And we can see life more clearly when we take the opportunity to pause. So I want to talk to you now about um, how life has changed for you, both as a mum, but also when you hit a crossroads and you thought, well, hang on, is this what I want to be doing? Where's my life going for you personally? Not obviously, I know you want to be a mum. <laughs> so like I said before, I was teaching for over 25 years. And that was maybe up to about two years ago. So just before COVID, I was teaching and I kind of felt, you know, the children are going to leave soon. Um, you know, my mum was getting older. We moved house. We sort of downsized. Well, we sort of upscaled our lives a bit. Um, but I realised I'm not sure that teaching is the thing. I was driving and had a video call. So I, I pulled over. And this person offered me a job as a television presenter, just, just to do a little trial. And, I, and they said, could you come in tomorrow? I was like, the next day, what? And they said, yep, somebody's dropped out. We're looking for a replacement. And I thought, I'm going to grab that. That is an opportunity I'm going to grab. And that was the start. And that's when I started working for the BBC. At the same time, I was also cooking. Um, I had Yama Food, which is my small business. Um, so I was going out, teaching people how to cook, um, deaf people, hearing people, children, elderly people, a whole array of people. So I was doing these two things in parallel. And I thought, I'm just going to give up teaching. That's it. 25 years. And it was a decision. And actually, that was hard because we had a good income. And I thought, you know, I've got to give up that regular stability. And I kind of saw through some therapy. I was a bit, I wasn't sure whether I should do it, what the benefits would be. But I would say just under a year of sort of, so I had some talking therapy um, with someone who was, could also sign as well. And it made me really look at myself and think, gee, who am I? What do I want? That's so refreshing because I think whether you're a mum or you're a dad or you're neither, you're just an individual. Just, we don't take enough time to like reflect and see where we've come from and therefore where do we want to go I think sometimes we just keep going and maybe we're traveling hopefully or do you know what it's too difficult to think about where we're going we'll just keep walking and that'll be fine because everything will be fine so yeah I you know I, I regularly tell my clients to stop reflect because you have to acknowledge where you've come from you know all of the challenges you've overcome all of the things you've achieved to know that you have you know you have lived you've had a life and therefore what's next where do you want to go it's your opportunity to write the next chapter of your life so I think that is a great message and becoming self-employed isn't necessarily scary is it because actually you're now in control of your destiny. It has its scary bits, but. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. I am. Oh, yeah, I am with you on that. And I think, you know, the importance of the therapy and the talking actually, sometimes if you have, you don't necessarily have to even have a specific trauma. Sometimes you can just feel a bit stuck and you go, I just don't know what, I don't know where to go. And I think that that, that was for me, it wasn't, it wasn't like a midlife crisis. It was like a, gosh, a midlife refresh on everything. It was, you know, it, it gave me that clarity. I like, I'm going to use that from now on, a midlife refresher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's that, oh, yeah, that, is it that positivity, that new way. So I'm going to, oh. No, after you, honestly. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to rewind the clock. I want to take you back to sort of when you first became a mum or you're about to become a mum. What were you most looking forward to or how did you see mumdom being, if that is even a word? It's so long ago, I'm not sure I can remember. <laughs> I do remember actually with my first child, like I said, just happened. I was a bit terrified. Um, I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to manage. Um, kind of more on the financial side of things. I just started my work and I did panic. I would say I, I, I was really panicky. Um, I, was, I was also having the whole, will my child be deaf? Will my child be hearing? And it didn't matter. Um, but when my child was born and, and I was, when she was hearing, I went, actually, I'm a I am quite pleased because maybe, you know, it will be a bit easier to navigate life for her, but actually it doesn't really matter. When I would say when the twins came along three years later, I thought, I oh, know, I'll just have another child. Ooh, no, I've got two. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was chaos. <laughs> but looking back, um, I can remember sort of between that sort of ages of seven to 15 year old when the three of them were in that age group um every week we would have a family meeting um and it sounds really formal doesn't it and terrible but actually all we did we had the five of us so myself my husband and three children uh we would talk about three good things that had happened in the week and one bad thing that had happened in the week and what we did to solve that problem um, and it could have been a really small thing, you know, and I've had an argument with a friend or, you know, I haven't got enough money to buy an ice cream. Well, what did you do? Well, I saved up and I saved up and then I could manage to do it. So we were sort of trying to, you know, or, you know, we've got, got had some problems with people coming around to play. But I would say that that, again, leads back to the importance of communication. We had those events once a week. Um, do you know now they've gone? I really miss that. <laughs> You could always reinstigate them. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be really interesting, actually. I might do that. I might get them all to come back. <laughs> oh, so and, you know, I think maybe if my children watch this uh, or listen to this podcast, maybe they'll get in touch and go, Mum, we're going to come around and do that. <laughs> That's, I think they will. That's so lovely. <laughs> Yeah, well, they'll have to all bring their partners back. That would make it really interesting. And maybe with wine as well. 
or cocktails. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> oh dear, dear, I like it. I like it. So, what are your top three tips about being a mum, becoming a mum that you can um, share with us? Oh, gosh, there are so many. Um, I would say for me, mm, I love beauty things. Um, and I would say it's kind of important for, you know, moisturising, you know, kind of fitting things into, you know, your mum's on the run, kind of fitting things in, you know, those beauty tips. Um, cleanser, uh, those things I think was really good for busy mums, um, you know, if you're, you know, trying to, you know, get to work, you know, or having all of those, be actually looking after yourself, you know, thinking about your makeup, your, um, your daily routines. Um, I have a Google diary as well. I don't know if you use a Google diary. I yeah. use an electronic diary. Yeah. So the same sort of thing. So I use that so, and we share it as a family. So we have one diary and everyone can add their things to it. So I know if my daughter's working, she's a waitress. I know if she's working there, when I need to pick her up. So everything is in one place. If I go uh, to pick up my mum, take her to the dentist, my son knows that I'm not gonna be home, that, that, that I'm out and about. It is a lifesaver. Um, just being organized and having everything on one diary it's on the phone it's on an ipad and we can all access it so an electronic diary that everyone can access that's tip number two and i think my third tip i would say is that pause button that i was mentioning before take time to pause in the middle of an argument in the middle of when you're thinking about saying something and you're not sure just take time to pause um you know it's kind of when you're at the edge of that river and the water is running past and you're like oh my gosh it's too much it's too much take time stand back let the river flow just take some time and I would say that has helped years you know with my family you know we're, we're all busy just taking time to pause that's that's key for me I think I think those are three great top tips so I'm just going to summarize them number one looking after ourselves because we we don't we forget don't we we decide we're too busy and we forget it's that simple so majorly important and it goes back to um, what the air stewards say on the aeroplane you know make sure you put your own oxygen mask on before you help someone else because if you can't breathe you can't help anyone else so really really important um, number two yes as mums we are the organizers of our family's life so being able to have a calendar in one place and know who's doing what so it's not all on your head is amazing and number three I love it yeah just take the time to pause don't have to be rushing life is as busy as you make it so take the time to pause amazing yep yep definitely and I I will just add one thing as well, is that it's okay to make mistakes. And I can remember from before really beating myself up, okay, I've made that mistake, I've done that. And you know, as the children were growing up and I was growing up, actually looking back now that I'm older going, oh, do you know what, it doesn't matter, it's all right. And the, you know, keep things simple. I think simplicity is 
is the best thing we can mm. we can have really so if someone's been listening to our conversation and can relate to your story and is feeling overwhelmed with what to do next what advice would you give them I would say two things that really helped me through those kind of crisis phases um, is kind of reschedule. Um, and it can be in any way. So maybe if a person, you know, has some habits that they do every day, I like to light a candle every day. Um, and usually it's at the end of the day and it's a way of me kind of switching off from work and focusing on an evening routine of calming down. Lighting candles are quite often linked to celebrations as well. So there's kind of rituals and routines. I, I like um, like 10 minutes yoga in the morning. It doesn't have to be a hardcore yoga workout, just a bit of stretching, a bit of breathing. So those, those sort of rituals and routines. Um, I've got a book called Everyday Rituals. I can't remember the, the author, sorry, but those everyday rituals um, and just calming down, kind of feeling, you know, this is my time. So that that's what I would say. Yeah, I would highly recommend. And what three things would you like everyone to take away from our conversation? I think I know what one of them might be. Can you repeat that one? Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> what three things would you like everyone to take away from our conversation today? Uh, first, I would say, yeah, kind of enjoy making mistakes, learn from them, move on, but with experience. Um, whether it's being a mum, whether it's work, doesn't matter. Secondly, remember with children, with family life, that things are a phase and we move through the phases. It doesn't last forever. Um, and, you know, we're, it's not, nothing is fixed, nothing is how it is. You know, things are phases and, and we'll move through them. Lastly, I would say, uh, you know, as you said about being a mum, it can be easy to be confused or a bit unsure, like I am a mum, but I'm also Yvonne. And, and sometimes those things can, can get muddled, they can cross over, but actually it's really important to keep your identity of who you are as well as having an additional identity of being a mum. We are, we are who we are as well, and we need to, to keep that and preserve it. Oh, I love that last one, because that's something that I emphasise and repeat constantly. We are an individual first, not the roles that we play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's a, a big sort of mental thing to have to reflect on. Yeah. And it's really easy 
to prioritize the other one first and go, I'm a mum and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And sometimes you can drown in that role. Definitely. So before we wrap up these, this episode, what's the best piece of advice anyone else has given you about being a mum? Ah, the best advice given to me, I would say ask for support. Yeah, just don't be, don't be scared to ask for some support. I can remember uh, thinking, am I okay? I've got to do this on my own, I've got to do that. And then just, it just you know, it doesn't matter if it's a friend, if it's a professional, if it's somebody at work, if it's your husband, if it's your child, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yes, and delegate. <laughs> delegation that is key yes we don't have to do everything and also everything doesn't have to be done yeah absolutely I completely agree with that (laughs) definitely and also I think um it's the same you know like I said even though you're talking to a deaf person Hearing parents have exactly the same. I'm sure they will say exactly the same things as me. (laughs) Oh, Yvonne, this has been a great conversation. I'd like to say thank you very much for joining me today. And also thank you, Claire. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And please tune back next time. Take care, everybody. And thank you, Maria, so much. Thank you for having me. See you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. And if you did, then of course, please share it with other mums. I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. (laughs) 